Hello, welcome FinTech Talkers to another edition of the FinTech Talk Show recorded at Money 2020 in Las Vegas. This is the first time we're doing this. This is Patty. Our guests today are Jamie Donahue, CTO of BMTX, formerly Bank Mobile, Ahan Sarkar, General Manager at Helix by Q2, and Lavleen Sidhu, CEO of BMTX. Lavleen is joining us remotely only for a few minutes. Ahan and um, Jamie are here uh, in with me in Las Vegas. So we'll first go to um, her first. Uh, BMTX is a pioneer in banking as a service. Our talk today will focus on all things BAS, embedded finance, and everything around it. Not only does embedded finance have a revenue play for small business enterprise, it also creates deeper relationships for small businesses with their customer. The market potential for this is in the trillions of dollars. That's trillions with a T. Welcome, Jamie, Lovelyn, and Ahan. Uh, Lovelyn, thank you. Great. And Lovelyn, since you're here only for a few minutes with us, so I want to go to you first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey so far and where you're taking BMTX in the future? Sure. Uh, happy to do so. Thank you so much for, for having me and so happy to be here along with my colleague, uh, Jamie, and my partner, Ahan. Um, so, you know, for us at BM Technologies, we were called Bank Mobile. We, we grew up underneath a bank uh, called Customers Bank, and, and now we are an independent fintech company, publicly traded, uh, one of the first neobanking fintechs to do so. Uh, and we've had an exciting year as a public company and an independent fintech. But really at our roots, you know, we're a mission-driven organization. We have always been about how do we better adapt to the consumers, you know, the consumer needs um, to provide a more affordable, transparent, and better banking experience for millions of Americans. And how do we leverage technology and the change and shift and opportunity uh, that's taking place uh, that te technology enables to help us do that? So really at the root, uh, we started as a direct-to-consumer strategy, and we thought we could fulfill that mission in, in, in a profitable, high-growth way in that way. But we soon found that, you know, what does it mean to meet the consumer where they're at? They should be able to get banking, not from just the branch uh, that's locally available to them in their community, but a value-based system. Are they going, do they have a strong relationship with their grocer, with their retailer, with their wireless provider? and to make sure that everyone has access to financial service wherever they're coming from and in any of those relationships. And that is how our business has pivoted uh, to create opportunities uh, for financial inclusion, for personalized banking experience by embedding financial services with some of the greatest brands in the world. And so that's, that's where we're at and um, that's what I'm excited for us to grow and continue. Wow, that's that's really awesome. You're if I kind of take a uh, paraphrase what you're saying, you're almost taking what Amazon did in e-commerce, what Uber did in kind of rideshare and again car in the cloud, and also Apple kind of personalized user experience. You're kind of almost using that kind of mission and bringing that into financial services. Um, that's really really great to hear. Um, where do you go from here? Um, you've had a lot of success. Yeah, I know you went public as well. So what's what's in store for the future, Lovely? Well, I'm really excited to pass it on to Ahan and, and Jamie because you know a partnership like 
Helix and BM Technologies collaborating together is really about where we're going. How do you take the best in class technology back end with the best in class front end experience and mix in, you know, we have to admit banking and financial services is a regulated industry. It takes expertise and knowledge. And so combining our best in breed technology with program management to really support brands to have the most differentiated, awesome banking experience for their customers. And I'd love for you guys to spend more time on, on that relationship and to talk more about it. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks, lovely. I know you have a busy schedule. Thanks for carving out some time. I'll, I'll take it on from here with uh, Jamie and Ahant. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. So Jamie and Ahant, so how, how's the conference been so far? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that too. But just to kind of take it on from uh, what Lovelyne introduced, um, maybe pick it up, pick it up from there, and talk a little bit about yourself, introduce introduce yourself, and and also about BMTX, and then we'll pass it on to Han. Sure. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time zone you're in, wherever you're listening. Um, so Jamie Donahue's CTO of, of BMTX. Um, my my journey, my personal journey's been in financial services my whole career. Um, worked for most of the processors, joined, I teamed up with Lovelyne about two years ago, really interested in our mission and, and, our, and, our, and our position in the company, in, in the world, in, in the ecosystem of, of embedded finance. Um, a, a little deeper view of us, we, we have a vertical that we support called our higher education business, or that's where BM or Bank Mobile was, was born. And it's a, it's a B2B, so it's a university BM technologies relationship that has a B2C element in it when the dispersion process happens within the universities, we can create a bank account. So that business has been in play for 12 years, believe it or not. So, so you think about embedded finance and banking, that's been a business line that we've, we've operated in. We, we acquired higher, the higher ed business or the higher one uh, company about seven years ago. So if, if you look at our journey, we, we've, been, we've been embedding banking services within the university onboarding process uh, for some time. And to give you some volume and scale there, every, one in three college-bound students will touch with BM technology. So it's, it, we, we have over 750 colleges and universities. We probably have your school on our roster. If you went through the procurement process or the BUSAR process within the financial institution of the financial side of the college or university, you more than likely used our technology stack. Um, so that, that has built the pivot of the world we see now is, is brands and bringing, bringing embedded finance to brands. Um, we, we, we have a partnership for four years now with, with T-Mobile. Um, and we, we are the servicer front to end. So we do the end to end banking for T-Mobile money, that product, we do the app deployment, we do the back end banking, and we do the BPO services. Um, just a little bit of little bit of color around um, the T-Mobile. I think anybody in financial services that would have said you, you'd start a new bank, which is called a de novo bank, right? A brand new bank. And in, in one year's time from launch, you'd have a billion dollars in deposits. Um, everyone would call that a wild success. And we are amazed to see the adoption, the brand retention. Um, and it's just, it's just a, it, it's a, it's a beacon of light for what we believe embedded finance will be in the future. Gotcha. 
There's a lot to unpack there, Jamie. Um, and I'd like to dig into a couple of things, at least you said, but let's get Han in the conversation, um, get you to introduce yourself and talk about Helix and Q2. Sure, sounds good. Uh, nice to meet y'all. Uh, my name is Ahan. I'm the general manager of Helix by Q2. Uh, Helix is one of the largest embedded finance platforms in the country. Uh, we were one of the first players out back when banking as a service wasn't a thing, and everybody looked at us like we were a little crazy uh, when we told them that they should embed banking and build something unique. And we've gotten to see that evolution. Uh, and today, we power banking services for north of 13 million people across the country behind amazing companies like Credit Karma, Betterment, Acorns, Gusto, Rocket Mortgage. And if you're sitting here and you're hearing all these names, you're probably wondering, those all sound like very different businesses. And you're right. Our mission as a company is to make finance human. And what that means to us is we believe that we should live in a world where the products that we have are as diverse as we are. Uh, a world in which you're not retrofitted into some legacy product. The product is built around you, much like the rest of the technology industry. And a world in which no matter how much money you have or where you live, you have access to free and fair financial services. And we've been fighting that mission, not just for the last six years in banking as a service, but actually back since 2008, when we were one of the first cloud native cores that really hit the market. And as we've seen the industry evolve, first as a direct-to-consumer player, then as a platform, then as one of the first banking as a service players, and now one of the largest, we've been privileged, I'd say, to bring in a new generation of financial services. Because for us, it's not interesting to add a bank account and a debit card that is no different from everything else in the space. The thing that is beautiful about embedded finance and about banking as a service is the ability to take those fundamental components, accounts and cards and transactions and all those things, and embed them into a completely different ecosystem that makes this one plus one equals three moment. If you're a big algebra nerd, uh, I know that doesn't work. Uh, but conceptually, it holds up, right? And that's what we've seen really with a lot of those clients where you know Credit Karma has helped people start to build their credit and actually manage their finances. Gusto has allowed people to access the money that they have already earned when they need it instead of having to go to a payday lender. Betterment has made it easier to bring your personal finances and your wealth management in one place. And you know, Rocket Mortgage through Rocket Money is helping people save for their first big purchase. And so today, part of the reason we're so excited about our partnership with Bank Mobile is over the years, as we've gone to larger and larger companies, we started to push over into the brand space. And brands want to do this too. They want to build something that's unique. They want to build something that changes the space. But they're maybe not totally sure how to get started. And so what they're looking for is a partner that can help them build the front end, build the program management, but also have the flexibility to design something brand new. And until now, there's this term called program management. If you're not in financial services, it's basically someone who's helping you run your whole program. But the problem with working with program management historically was that you kind of had to have a standardized product because that program manager has to scale their business, right? And that requires an in-the-box product. And these brands have really unique ecosystems like T-Mobile, as Jamie mentioned, or any of the companies that we were working with. They have really unique ecosystems. And so they need someone who's not just going to give them a cookie cutter product. They're going to give them something that actually is deeply integrated in their ecosystem that is actually unique in the space, but is still fully managed so that they as a brand don't have to suddenly become an expert in financial services. That's what's so exciting to us about the partnership between Bank Mobile and Helix from a bank mobile perspective, you have a partner that knows banking, that came from a bank and that builds the front end and manages the program for you. 
And thanks to Helix, we've unlocked Bank Mobile to offer all of these really unique products that we've been powering companies with over the years. And we strongly believe that over the course of the next three to 10 years, you're going to see different kinds of brands building products that you've never seen before that they wouldn't be able to do without partnerships like this. So really appreciate you having us on and excited to get into it. Great. No, that, that's really great. And like the customer centricity or the user centricity and kind of building around that, uh, I think that's what the differentiation is maybe lacking uh, a lot in some of the larger financial institutions. Um, so you got, both of you kind of touched on it, the embedded finance aspect and what they are. Some of our audience is is kind of fintechy and banking, so they probably are aware. But for those who kind of don't kind of understand all, all these evolution and the new terms, maybe, Jamie, if you can kind of help us unpack a little bit, and then we'll get into some of the Helix partnerships and T-Mobile and what you're doing there with educational institutions. So what is embedded finance? What is BAS? I know those are two acronyms and sometimes synonymously used. Um and how does that change? So I, I see three dimensions, right? There's the technology dimension, obviously embedded, maybe something into something. And like Ahan talked about the user interface. So there's a user experience embedding. And there's also maybe economics, right? So educational institutions can um, start getting interesting, for example, um, or, or a doctor's office, like they can offer loans and stuff so they can make additional streams of revenue. So I see those three dimensions. So can you unpack a little bit and talk um, about it? Sure. So, so the term BAS, uh, I, I think embedded is a ba ba BAS, right? Stands for banking as a service, right? So all think think of it this way: the, the way I reconcile it, or, or tell my, you know, folks in, in the medical field that don't know anything about finance, what, what do you do? What do you do every day, Jamie? Well, I bring I bring banking functions to brands, right? And and, and I say brands because brands a loose term, like in the university business that. Believe me, those colleges, universities are brands. You know, some of those large uh, um, institutions, they they uh, they're they're almost like religions <laughs> in some of those colleges, right? So that's so that we we that's how we think about it, right? We we want to we want to make banking fun, we want to make banking simple, and we want to we want to make it seamless. Um, if if you think about if you think about what it is today, it, it you know your your experience with your bank, you get it, you get it, you check direct deposited, you know, you, you move your money electronically and you go to the bank for, for what a certified check for maybe cash. If you don't go to an ATM, we, we believe that the evolution and the future is, is that embedding of those banking services within uh, a super app or an ecosystem of a brand, um, you know, to bring that functionality. Now the, the, the unlocking power is, is the, you mentioned revenue. What, what, why is it valuable to a brand? Well, um, if you get companies that are brand aware, and I, I'm, I'm not sure of of, of one firm, uh, Plug T Mobile is, is more, you know, they're bright orange. If you've ever seen their CEO on on the news, that you know they're they're all wearing their swag when we go to their campus. They're they're super brand aware, um, and they believe T Mobile Money helps enforce that uh, process. So there's revenue streams there, um, and and you're, you're you're coming about the doctor's office. We we think this is an untapped area. Um, in, in any market today. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, Ahan, Q2 traditionally, or as I know it, is a digital banking platform, right? And, and how tie the embedded finance piece? Why is embedded finance so useful or important for uh, the digital banking platform space? It's a really good question. Uh, and it's a question that I, th I think we get pretty frequently, and it really comes down to the mission. 
Q2's mission at its core is to build strong and diverse communities by strengthening their financial institutions. The crazy thing is, over the course of the last 10 years, the definition of a community and the definition of a financial institution has really changed. You know, today, the companies that we're talking about, like we said, the Credit Karmas, the T-Mobiles, the Gustos, the Acorns, the Rocket Mortgages, you may not have originally considered them to be financial institutions, but I, I think it was, who was it, Andreas and Horowitz that said every every company will become a fintech company. What's What you're seeing happen right now is for the first time, the building blocks of the financial services world are becoming open for business, right? It's possible if you're not a bank to actually use those products to build something new. And the reason that you can build something new is because until now, if banks were the only ones who could offer financial services, then it could only integrate with other financial services that the banks offered. The thing that's so interesting about embedded finance is that all these companies who do something else, they have a different core business, can think about what is the overlap between banking and financial services and what I do, and how can I make something that nobody else in the world can, right? And so, you know, when you look at Matt Flake, our CEO, or Hank, our chairman, what they'll tell you is what they want to do in the long run is they want to empower local communities across the country. Because for many institutions, the community bank in the middle of the of their town is the center of their universe. And today, as the definition of financial services grows, as what a community is starts to grow, and people can be organized around affinity, people can be organized around interest, right? Suddenly, you have a, a growing scope of what you can solve for. So Q2's you know, traditional business of digital banking for hundreds of banks and credit unions continues strong. But as they thought about how do we catalyze the next evolution of financial services, how do we help create products that have never existed, we realized that we had to build the infrastructure from scratch, right? And so Helix is actually a cloud-native, multi-tenant core. And if you're not into fintech, your eyes may have just glazed over. Uh, the quick TLDR is basically banks run on this thing called a core. 95% of banks run on a core that was probably made about 40, 50 years ago. And the core is how the bank does everything. They open accounts with it. They create uh, transfers with it. They issue your cards with it. It's, it's what powers the bank. The problem is when you have a system that was built before the internet, uh, they're going to have some limitations. They're not going to operate in real time. They're not going to be designed around the user. They're going to say, hey, you get product A or product B, how much money you got, right? And the world is more nuanced than that. And so what we did is we built a cloud native core that is built around the individual, which believe it or not is a crazy thing in this space. And that was flexible and granular enough. So no matter what it was that you did, you could actually just take those building blocks and embed that in your business. It's actually why we called it Helix uh, in biology. The Helix is just the framework that you take A, T, C, and G, those building blocks, and you make all three of us, my dog, every living creature out on the planet, whether you're a tree or a monkey, right? We wanted to be the Helix of finance. How do you be the framework to take the building blocks of finance, accounts, cards, data, transactions, and create a whole new generation of financial products that are diverse and different and unique and built around people. And so net-net, embedded finance, I think, is the next evolution that brings banks and fintechs and brands and large tech companies together uh, to build a new generation of financial services that we haven't quite seen yet. I love that. Um, very beautiful, actually. Well, well, well put. And I love the connection. It's kind of the logical evolution of how things are going. Um, I know Helix, and maybe I go to Han first on this one. 
um, Helix and Mac Mobile, BMTX, um, announced a partnership just prior to Money 2020, adding the days leading into it. And you're at the conference here now for the last couple of days. So tell us a little bit about the specific announcement and also what you're seeing in the conference and kind of related to what you um, uh, thought about when making the announcement. For sure. I think, so first of all, you're right. On Thursday of last week, uh, we announced a partnership with Bank Mobile to basically power brands to build unique and personalized financial products that leverage the Helix core and Bank Mobile's app development and program management. When a lot of people saw that, they kind of wondered, don't you guys compete with each other? Aren't you guys competitors? And it's funny because, you know, a few years ago, that might have been the case. But one of the things that we both heard from the same customers in some cases and different customers in others was that there was a gap in the market. If you wanted to build a completely bespoke, unique product of yourself and manage it yourself, Helix was amazing for that. That's what a lot of our customers did. But when you wanted to build a when you wanted to build a product, but not have to manage it yourself, when you wanted the app development, but you didn't want to have to build it yourself, but you still wanted to feel like you, you still wanted to have that brand. You still wanted to fit inside your application. We couldn't support that. And on the bank mobile side, there was a degree of flexibility that they weren't afforded because of the technology stack they were working with. And so what we realized is, you know, I'm going to make that terrible algebra joke again, but together we're a whole that's greater than the sum of our parts, right? When you have the Helix level of flexibility and control and scalability inside of Bank Mobile, you can just build a whole new generation of products. And part of the reason Jamie and I got to be friends uh, is because one, we're both nerds. And then two, as we dove into what does that mean for different kinds of brands? What is, and we started to use case and say, okay, well, this is what this company can now do. This is what this company can now do. We kind of saw that there was a giant gap in the market and that we were uniquely positioned to fill it. And in fact, I won't name the consultant not to blow up their spot, but there was a consultant who came to us and said, if there was somebody in the space that had what the two of you had together, there would be nobody else in the space that would have it. And so that honestly caused us to look in internally. And Loveline and I actually caught up what, early this year and started talking about it because you know, if the market's telling you that there's a gap, you should probably consider it, right? And you should probably be open-minded to it. And I think what we found and what you're probably hearing on this podcast is that we had very similar missions, is that we had very similar philosophies around how to build product. And is that we worked well together, right? And we were able to work quickly together. And so we basically announced this partnership to power those brands, to help them go build those things. Um, don't get me wrong. Helix will still enable people who want to build it themselves, manage it themselves. But most brands are not going to want to do that, right? And so as we look out into the market and as we start to have conversations in that regard, um, what we're really focused on is finding the right partners to go work with. Because... In embedded finance, this is not a business where you want 100,000 clients, right? Uh, each client is an investment that you're making with your time. And so what we collectively think about is who are the brands that are going to change the face of financial services and how do we help them get there? And that's part of the reason I think it's been so interesting for us to walk the floor at this conference. Uh, if you've never been to Money 2020, it is a marathon. Uh, there are over 8,000 people here. I think both Jamie and I clocked about 17,000 steps yesterday. Um, but the exciting part of it is you're walking around and you're seeing people who are passionate about changing the, the face of financial services. And as we've had conversations with mutual prospects or individual clients of ours, they've kind of all seen this announcement and said, wow, like I can see how that will catalyze um, a new generation. So that's high level what we're about, some of the stuff that we're interested in at this conference. I don't want to monopolize. So I'll pass it over to you, Jamie, if you want to share a little bit more. Yeah, so so we'll start at the partnership first. For, for 
you know, Han hit on it, right? I mean, we're better together. That's just, that's just simply how we look at it. The mission statements are aligned. What I think is super important and, and sometimes frustrating in our industry that's, and this, this happens in, in evolution, um, is the disparate, you know, disparate ways to get there. Um, you know, I'll build it myself. I don't need, but I, I learned a lesson back through the web, the dot-com boom um, in, in financial services that, that the companies, if you look back on that time, that transformational time in our industry, um, the companies that survived that were, were willing to partner. We're willing to know that they weren't great at everything because no one generally is, right? We all have strengths and weaknesses. And, and our companies, our two firms, Q2 with, with Helix and, and BM Technologies, are, are extremely complementary. When you, when you look at the building blocks of what it means to bring embedded in that technology, so full banking services to a brand, we check all the boxes as, as a team. So super excited about it. Um, hopefully, hopefully the conversations we have turn into some announcements here in the future. Uh, we're really hopeful. We, we, we do understand the space. Uh, we both are not, if you look at the floor, you know, there's a lot of new companies out there, a lot of new faces and a lot of new entrants and a lot of folks reinventing themselves. But when you look at our, our combined firms, we've been doing this for, for multiple years and, and, and both firms have um, the accounts, the clients, and the billions of dollars running through our systems to prove it. So super excited about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for our future. Um, as it relates to money, um, you know, th this, this conference, I think, is, is, a, is a microcosm of a post-COVID, everyone kind of gets out of the house and goes, lets their hair down. Like, I don't know how about you, Ahan, but I just saw, you know, the, the energy, everyone's a little tired, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know that we forgot. We, I think we might have all forgotten how to pace ourselves a bit through something like this, which, which um, as Ahan mentioned, over 8,000 people. Um, what inspires me every day, uh, you know, banking, look, let, let's be honest, finance, financial services isn't always, you know, we're, we're not, we're not landing on Mars. We're not working for SpaceX. Uh, but the folks at money, all of us collectively are trying to change and change an institution, change a valuable thing to the human race. And that's, that's commerce, right? So it's, it's, it's inspiring every day to see, see all these folks work together. That's great. No, um, great together and, and looking forward to some of the announcements that will come. And I, I was tracking some of the other announcements at the conference. They're all kind of related to embedded finance and, and kind of that ecosystem. So uh, clearly the times come for that and, and um, we'll hear and keep tabs on what's going to go. I'll switch gears to a little bit of prognostication and crystal balling. Um, uh, even at the conference, there was some talk, not too much, about the metaverse, um, the commerce in the metaverse. Um, obviously, it's a crypto winter of sorts, but digital assets still is is prominent. I mean, there's a lot of regulatory conversations and stuff, not just the crypto stuff, but like stable coins and CBDCs. I think there's some sessions on that. So I want to get, get your thoughts on how just kind of from your company's perspective, but also just from an industry perspective, where we're going on that. And 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 there's Web3, right? Metaverse, Web3, and cryptos. They're all different things. They're interrelated. So touch on any and all of them and how you see that kind of evolving from where we are. Who wants to go first? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so from, from a BMTX perspective, we, we think the, you know, crypto, you know, I'll just call it stablecoin universe is, is the adoption is going to be slow, right? Because it's a highly regulated universe, right? That we operate in, but we see the value. 
I mean, you know, the future is cashless. Let, let's let's just be honest. And how and how long it takes each country to get there and each financial oversight committee of of the world to 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 join in, it, it will happen at some point. So we 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 feel like we need to be prepared for those newer technologies. Um to be able to adapt and and move and examples like blockchain, you know, that, that process, that free market sharing of information, you know, over a, a defined channel is super powerful, but to fit it, to try to find the use case in, in financial services um, is, is a bit tough at this point, but we, we, the way we prepared for that at BMTX. And I think what I, what I love about Helix is they've taken the kind of same approach born in the cloud platform architecture, with Web 3.0 at our core. So our design at BMTX to, to, to future-proof us was to build, build an architecture that was, you know, no, PaaS and SaaS services at a minimum, all, all infrastructure is code, um, and built to support and consume APIs. So because in our belief that the, this world is headed towards embedded. So what, we, what you'll see is a, maybe a savings account at a, you know, at a grocer to help to help people get their finances on track. Or we, we talked a little bit about the doctor's office and maybe a loan to pay for some cosmetic surgery or something, right? So we, we think that that's the evolution, the next natural evolution. Yeah, Ahan, around Metaverse, Web3, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I would agree with Jamie. I, I'd say that both industries are still very much in their nascent form. I think conceptually in the long run, uh, both have legs, right? It makes sense that as technology becomes more sophisticated, folks will want to dive into those worlds and engage in those worlds. Uh, and in the case of cryptocurrencies, as the use cases get more defined and as the market kind of calls down a little bit, to be totally honest, uh, and you get ubiquity across the ones that are actually being used, that is what's going to drive uh, broader adoption. You know, today as Helix, we have you know, we partner with Nidig, um, one of the large crypto companies out in the space. And then from a metaverse perspective, one of our uh, companies that recently launched, one of our partners, uh, Mana, which is basically banking for gamers. Super interesting. Won't take you through that right now. But one of the things they launched as part of that product is VR banking, where in the metaverse, you can open it up and you can basically see it kind of like an Iron Man uh, display. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's a lot easier to pull out my phone right now. Um, but if I'm in the metaverse, that's extremely valuable, right? Being able to engage in that way. You know, I think if I take a slightly critical angle at it today, you know, the reality of like Meta's foray into the metaverse has not been super exciting. And as somebody that has played games from when I was pretty young, I'll tell you that MMORPGs are much further than Facebook is today from a metaverse perspective, because there are millions of people who engage with those on a daily basis in a fake world with a fake avatar where they interact with each other, right? It is the transition from the world in which you're playing with a keyboard and mouse to the world in which you are the character that is difficult. And for that to happen, VR technology has to actually mature. I think realistically, before we get to a full-on metaverse, you're going to see artificial reality take more uh, stock in the world. You know, Whether you're at a doctor's office uh, and, and you're a, a doctor and it's doing automatic analysis, or you have your glasses on, you're at a grocery store, you're trying to find your stuff, and it's just highlighting where all the things are because you're lazy, and I'm lazy. Um, but my my deep belief is that whether it's cryptocurrencies or it's metaverse, the world operates around real use cases, right? Not around conceptual value, around things that people are willing to do because it helps them. And I think in the case of cryptocurrency, you've seen a couple of those, but really there's kind of this tug and pull between, is it an asset? Is it a form of currency? And there's this 
interesting orthogonal factor of things like FedNow and other payment rails across the country, where I think the initial premise of cryptocurrency was that it'll be cheap and you can move it anywhere. Well, it turns out it's not super cheap. It's kind of bad for the environment. And there are other types of rails. And so I think all of these will ultimately come towards a point insofar as the cryptocurrencies that are able to be efficient, that are able to find those use cases, that are able to find ubiquity and drive a positive perception will do well. And those that don't, won't, period, full stop. And then from a metaverse perspective, it'll be a gradual evolution to get to that point that takes a few stops through AR and the rest. But those that are able to get their foothold into the space and define a meaningfully different experience will have a first mover advantage that allows them to grow pretty dramatically at the point at which the rest of society is ready to jump in. Right now, it is all about the experience, at least in the metaverse. But well, well put, Ahan and Jamie. Um, kind of trying to wrap things up. Any closing remarks, and, and also touch on how people can get in touch with you um, from the audience, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, or, or whatever, and anything else you want to add. No, just thanks for your time today. Um, good, good talk, and uh, get me on my email address. I'm on LinkedIn, J, J Donahue at bmtx.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn um, out there. But so and any questions, anything we hit on here that you, you might want to dig a little deeper, please, please reach out. And what type of folks are you willing to connect? Are you hiring or are you looking for? Some oh, <laughs> we're all <laughs> uh, hiring in, in, in tech and fintech is, is, a, is a never ending cycle, which 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 is really, really fun. And part of the, the I love the energy, right? I love the energy the, uh, of our of our industry. I love the creativeness. So reach out if anybody, you know, if you, if you know somebody or you're looking for work or you need guidance on, on what to do next, sure. Re reach out. Great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having us. It was a real pleasure to get to chat through everything. Um, if you want to catch up with me after, uh, my name is Ahan Sarkar. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find Helix on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, my email is pretty easy. It's ahan.sarkar at q2.com. Uh, so feel free to send over a note. Uh, to your question on what what kinds of folks uh, you know are we hiring? Similarly, it, it's an ongoing process. Uh, where, you know, people across engineering and operations, and uh, you know, even sales and marketing and the like. Um, and I guess aside from everything that we talked through, uh, if if you have one takeaway, if you're considering the fintech space and you're listening to these kinds of podcasts that decide whether or not you should do it. Um, First of all, there's never been a better time, right? This industry is growing faster than almost any other industry in the space. And, you know, Jamie said earlier, we're not going on Mars. I agree. I, I kind of want to go to Mars, yeah, but we're not on Mars right now. But the thing about financial services that sometimes people forget because you think finance, right? And you don't really associate that with doing any kind of good. But what is an economy, but the way in which we interact with each other and the way in which we live our lives, you know, better finances doesn't just mean some better technology. It means a better life. It means getting to the place that you want to get to, right? Uh, and, and accomplishing your goals and feeling fulfilled, right? And I think it's, it's silly to say, but it's true. A lot of the problems today, the problem of the underserved, the problems of inequity, the problems of inaccess to credit are actually just technology problems in disguise. And the thing that is going to fix them is not technology, it is people, people like you. And so if you're considering getting into fintech, if you're considering doing this, one, do it. Two, don't take anyone's word for how things have to be. Question everything uh, and help us build a better economy. Yeah. It's a great way to end. Um, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Ahan, for coming on the FinTech Talk Show and sharing your perspective. Thanks very much. Thanks.